1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Let's begin with the key findings from the REMAX Global Outlook Report. Can you give us some of the highlights? I can, Tina. So this is a, a very positive report in that 56% of Canadians who plan to buy or sell real estate plan on doing so in less than a year. And that shows us that the demand and the strength of the market is going to continue throughout the rest of the year. 44% believe that real estate will bounce back to its pre-pandemic strength by 2021. So, you know, there's not going to be much of a a lag at all. Uh, Everyone is excited to get back to uh, some sort of normal and they're ready to get out and start shopping for their homes. So what about those listeners who are a bit skeptical, who say, you know what, this survey was done by a real estate firm, so of course they're going to skew the results in that direction. What do you want to say? You know what, the best thing that they can do, and there's always going to be skepticism of, you know, if reports are done by analysts or if reports are done by real estate organizations, but the best way that they can actually get a read on the market is consult with people that are in the market. So active buyers and sellers are going to be able to let them know what's happening in the market itself. I mean, we're, we're in a market right now where inventory is so limited that homes that people have said, hey, these are overpriced, these are not going to sell, I don't like the condition, even those homes are starting to sell now because there's not much out there to purchase. And we're not only seeing this in Canada, we're actually seeing this across the globe. We're seeing this in European markets, as the REMAX Global Outlook uh, tells us. We're seeing it in the USA, and with everything that's happened down south of the border over the last little while, you would think that they would be pretty much in a pause and, and continuing through that and, and heading into a recession, but their housing market has not shown those signs. Neither has the Canadian housing market. If you look over at Alberta, you would think that Alberta has been devastated because of the oil prices and then COVID, but Alberta has been bouncing back as well. So when you're looking across Newfoundland, same thing, you're going across the country and seeing that prices are are remaining stable, the activity is continuing to amp up as we get into the summer, because we didn't have a spring market, Tina. So that has been pushed back, and this summer is going to be the spring market, so the strength of the market will continue throughout the fall. You said that reports like this come from those in the field, those in the market. You are one of those people. What has it been like for you in your office? We have just actually started phase two of our reopening plan for our office, and already it is getting pretty crazy out there. We did not expect it to be this, or for the market to have this much strength heading into the summertime. We thought it would take a little bit longer, but there's been no turbo lag. It is full speed ahead. And that's been great to see that it's, and not only from a sales perspective, but from the confidence from the consumers. 
it's been amazing to see how resilient the consumer is and how they know that this was just a pause and not a stop. Now, anyone who listens to this show with any regularity knows that you've said for the last little while at least that inventory is the issue. Is that starting to change? It is not. As inventory is coming on the market, it is being scooped up because the demand is huge. Now, the other thing that we have to take into consideration is this year, inventory issues will become more prevalent because there's less housing starts. CMHC came out and said that housing starts are expected to be down 75%, which is incredible news for the resale sector because they're the only game in town now and they're not going to be competing with housing starts from builders and that is going to further complicate the supply and demand issue and drive prices up. You said that the summer season then will essentially be your spring market. When do you think it's really going to heat up then? It's it's going to take a few more weeks? It's heating up now and what we're seeing is this is more of a late January, early February type of market. As we start getting into a March traditionally, that's when you start to see activity really amp up. And that's, that's where we are right now. We're heading into our March. And it's going to be hot until probably this year. It'll be hot until about August, September. Then we might see a little bit of a slowdown as we don't know if schools are going to start, if they're not going to start. So as we get closer to the period where traditionally schools start, I think there'll be a little bit of a lull because people are now going to be assessing what's going to happen with their kids. Are they going back to school or are they not going back to school? And then we're going to end the year off pretty strong in what I'm seeing and and what I'm predicting. And what about, you know, are you hearing in your sector folks talking about the second wave and what that's going to be like and the impact that will have on real estate? Definitely. And I think that's a, a huge fear amongst everyone is the second phase. I'm hoping and banking on the fact that we learned a lot in phase one so that if we are faced with a second wave that we're able to address it as immediately and you know fix it and move on quicker than the three months that it took to address the first wave. When we come back, the impact of COVID-19 on retail and the future of shopping malls. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Linda Farha, president of Zenergy Communications. Linda, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Interesting times for sure in the retail industry and specifically leasing. Now, you also head up a company called Pop-Up Go. Tell us a little bit about what pop-ups are and how you see pop-ups playing a larger role as malls start to reopen and maybe some stores don't. Right. So Pop-Up Go uh, was uh, started several years ago to meet the demand of vacancies at the time uh, you know, and certainly help uh, shopping centers and landlords you know, fill their space on an interim basis 
many times to, to really do sort of brand activations and for brands to get closer to consumers and understand their, their buying um, needs or, or patterns and, and get some business intelligence uh, from consumers. Of course, uh, with COVID, things have really fast-tracked and certainly there's a lot of vacancies now. And I think pop-ups will be a great opportunity uh, for people to reintegrate, you know, get back into the retail environment, get back in front of consumers, but giving consumers the ability to connect with them in a maybe more safe environment. And I say that because when you do pop-ups, you can actually, you know, shift things and you don't need to have like a very set environment. You can actually create an environment that is appropriate for the current time. So, you know, with COVID, et cetera, you know, people that are doing pop-ups can make sure that they they create an environment where customers feel that they have uh, safety, that they're coming into the store and, and the interaction is safe, uh, and, and it can do so, you know, um, very quickly. So I think pop-ups, of course, will be a huge, uh, you know, help to landlords that have tremendous vacancies today. And so how exactly do you connect landlords with those seeking space? Well, we have a website called Pop-Up Go. So certainly our website allows those who are looking for a space to find a location online. Um, not all vacancies are there because certainly there are a lot more vacancies than what we have on our website. But we also, um, you know, connect with them directly. We have um, a database of about 15,000 brands uh, and agencies that are looking to, you know, create pop-ups for their clients. Uh, and then we certainly have uh, developed over the years, you know, tremendous relationships throughout North America with uh, landlords that have, you know, all these uh, different shopping centers and locations throughout throughout the country and throughout the U.S. Um, so we help connect that way. So we help connect in a proactive way by actually helping brands, you know, search for them and find them locations and then provide them this platform online where they can and Linda, traditionally pop-ups are seasonal, so you get the Halloween stores coming up around August, September, or you get the Christmas decorating stores or gift stores that come up around the Christmas selling season. Do you feel that with the number of vacancies that will be uh, within malls right now, that there will be more of a demand for pop-ups and, and kiosks that are in the malls? Uh, certainly, you know, when you talk about the, the Christmas and the, and the Halloween, et cetera, we always call that, you know, specialty leasing because those are very expected. When we talk about pop-ups, et cetera, they're really um, meant to be a, a way for brands to connect with consumers in a, in a different way and, and, you know, perhaps to introduce a new product or to introduce a brand or to gain more knowledge about consumer shopping patterns or desires, et cetera. So, it's a very different um, activation. It's a very different kind of uh, retail sort of uh, um, approach. Um, but there's no doubt that it isn't really a seasonal thing when it comes to pop-ups. It's really more, uh, of course, there are times that are much more critical, you know, during holiday time. That's really when people are, are looking to kind of get to the consumer, et cetera. But the reality is that pop-ups can be throughout the year, and uh, they really can be, you know, um, really new products or, or existing products that are just trying to expand their customer database even. So uh, those those pop-ups will definitely be, you know, they'll be much more prevalent in, in shopping centers. And I think shopping centers, obviously, over the years, have been trying to find ways to fill vacancies and maybe change things up and to, to kind of appease to uh, consumer needs. 
by offering them more of an entertainment environment. So maybe a pop-up is more entertainment-focused or a pop-up is more family-community-focused. So it's really about, you know, meeting the needs of consumers and also having the brands, uh, giving them an opportunity to grow in that environment as well. Now, this weekend, Linda, most of the province, except Toronto, Peel, Windsor, Essex, the malls are going to be open for business. But how do you think retail is winning back that consumer confidence that is so necessary? I think that they're uh, they're winning the consumer back by doing a number of things. You know, certainly personalization, understanding consumers, and and providing consumers with what they want. So basically, you know, consumers maybe want to buy online, pick up in store. You know, that's very much a or you know curbside pickup, et cetera. There are things that people are asking for, that consumers are asking for, and retailers and shopping centers are, you know, are, are looking to make sure that they actually follow through and actually, you know, <laughs> make sure that they feel, let their consumers feel that they're, they're comfortable coming into their malls, that it is a clean environment, that it is a safe environment, uh, you know, so I think the shopping center environment has to, shopping center owners, landlords have to communicate that to consumers and make it very clear to them. You know, we, we do some work with some of the shopping centers where, of course, they've got signage everywhere, very much, very clearly indicated where you can enter the mall, where you have to exit the mall, arrows pointing, you know, directional arrows pointing, the same way that we've seen in grocery stores since the beginning of COVID. So it's really a matter of making sure that the consumer is knows that they are number one and making sure that, they're, that shopping centers are adapting to their needs and that they are the ones that are, you know, being, uh, you know, considered first. Linda, when, when I was in the franchise industry, our, our big concern was, you know, where a placement of the retail locations as well as the term of the lease. Are pop-ups able to select location within the malls, within the different corridors the malls have assigned for different spaces? And also, are you able to do shorter-term leases so that these retailers will be able to see what the traffic is like in those corridors or in those malls and possibly move to different locations? Yeah, so basically pop-ups in general, I mean, you know, every mall is different. Certain malls have designated areas, and, you know, of course this is probably going to change, but certain malls had designated areas where they only wanted pop-ups to be in those particular areas. And other malls, basically what they've done is they've said, okay, wherever we've got uh, vacancies, we're open to providing those spaces for pop-ups, but we won't commit to, you know, if it's today, we're not going to commit to December because we want, of course, to have a, a permanent tenant in those spaces. And so, you know, maybe they'll commit two months in advance or three months in advance to a pop-up. And pop-ups generally can be a weekend, they can be two weeks long, or maybe they can be several months long. Again, it really depends on the purpose of the pop-up. If the pop-up is, you know, coming out there just to really test the waters and, and gain market intelligence, maybe they're just going to be there for 10 days, two weeks. Sometimes they want to just get, you know, a great cross-section of consumers and, and be able to, you know, understand will that location be good for them on a long-term basis so they want to do a pop-up as a test for a potential permanent uh, situation. So pop-ups have a, a you know, variety of reasons uh, why people are doing pop-ups. And certainly, uh, you know, I think, I think we have to all be very honest that, you know, shopping centers are certainly going to be a lot more open than they were in the past to pop-ups. Because, you know, 
when you look at the footprint of these major retailers that are, you know, they're all shrinking back. You know, you look at Starbucks, they're reducing 200 stores in Canada. Every major chain is reducing their footprint. So there will be a lot of vacancies throughout these shopping centers, um, and landlords will have to be a lot more flexible than they've been in the past. Well, then touching on that point, Linda, what has the impact of COVID-19 been on the commercial real estate market? Have you noticed that you have, you know, tenants or small businesses forced to close their doors? When you talk about uh, commercial real estate from a from a uh, an office perspective, uh, certainly uh, you know the trend what we're seeing today, and we're you know we're reading it everywhere is that basically um, a lot of larger uh, companies have so elected to you know not even go back to the office environment until next year and potentially not go back at all. I think that that's a trend that's probably going to be shifting back because. People, you know, it's very difficult for everybody to work from home on an extended period of time. Some people love it. Some people don't. So I think the, the commercial real estate world, the office environment, will eventually go back to being one of a hybrid where, you know, you, you've got space that is very kind of spaced out a lot more than it is today. And maybe you have alternating days whereby people work from the office on certain days and they work from home on other days. We're seeing that with the shopping center environment as well, with people that work in shopping centers in the office environment. They're being asked to go back, but they're not being asked to go back on a full-time basis. And I think that that's going to be a fairly, uh, you know, common uh, theme for the next little while. And that's great information. We're really looking forward to, in York region here, to have the malls opened up and get back to some sort of a normal and hope that some of these businesses survive and are able to thrive in, in the new age of retail. Thank you very much for joining us. And if our listeners want to connect with any questions about pop-ups or possibly starting their own, how can they reach you? Oh, they can reach me at Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at popupgo.com. When we come back, this week's hot listing. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Asif, before we get to this week's hot listing, could you share with us your spreadsheet details about the anticipated price drop? Yeah, I would love to, Tina. So I graphed sales in the Toronto real estate region from 1974 to year-to-date for 2020. And there's a lot of talk out there about prices dropping 9 to 18%. One of the banks came out and said that prices would drop 13%. And they cited previous recessions and what happened after those recessions as for their reasoning as to why they believe that prices will drop. And I was curious as to how what happened because it was before I got into real estate and you know, this is going back to 1981, 1991. And when I graphed what happened after those recessions, there was a huge bounce back. And the actual times where prices declined were only between 1990 and 1996. And that was followed or following price increases of 
These were huge price increases. And when you think about a price increase of that magnitude, there is going to be a correction. That's not a healthy price increase. And so can I ask you, why did you decide to do this research and create this report for your staff? What we're seeing in the market right now is contrary to what's being reported. And that analysis has consumers thinking about what could happen, what may not happen. And in the end, it's going to end up costing them money in terms of opportunity cost. And what I mean by that is if someone really buys into the analytics that are being put out without knowing what's actually happening in the market, they could end up losing 5, 10, 15% of their buying power when they actually are ready to purchase a home. So if someone's sitting on the fence right now waiting for prices to fall 13% and that price drop does not happen and price actually increases 5% a year, which is a very healthy increase. It's, it's a conservative projection, but it's a healthy increase. You're going to be out maybe on a $650,000 house. You could be out $150,000, $160,000 by 2021 because you're anticipating an $80,000 drop, but it's going up $70,000. So the the spread on there is $150,000, and you don't want to leave that money on the table. Even if you don't take into account the price drop that they're talking about, you're still going to be leaving $60,000, $70,000 on the table, and that's going to affect your buying power. On a $650,000 house, that's 10%. That could be your down payment that you're losing. Now, Asif, I know you created this report for your clients, for your staff. What is the biggest takeaway then for our listeners? What should we take away from what you're telling us? The fact is that the real estate industry is driven by supply and demand. And right now, we do not have supply. So unless we get an influx in supply, now CMHC goes on to say that they anticipate that housing starts will be down 75%. That's going to further impact supply negatively. And when you look at supply, you need to have an increase in supply to curb demand and bring prices back to some sort of a normal level. And until we have more inventory, we're not going to see prices come down. It's just simple economics. The supply is limited right now and demand continues to be strong. And will the market be okay? The market will be just fine, and we're seeing that right now. The best thing to do, Tina, as I mentioned earlier, is talk to buyers and sellers that are active in the market right now, and you'll get the true picture. Buyers are hearing all these reports about prices falling, and they get out into the market to purchase a home, and they're up against five, six, seven other people bidding for this home, and the home is selling for twenty dollars or $30,000 over asking. That's quite a rude awakening for them at the beginning, but then when they realize that that is the temperature out there, they start to think differently. These reports that these analysts are putting out are really messing with the mindset that's out there because the confidence is there. But then when you hear this, you almost want to wait and see what happens, and that's where you lose money. So do your homework and talk to the professionals. Seem to be the sentiment to walk away with here. Asif, we have just enough time for the On the Market Hot Listing. What do you have for us this week? Thank you, Gina. Heather is going to be joining us. And Heather has a property in Sutton that is priced at $525,000. People are always wondering, you know, what can I get in York Region for under 700000 This is it. Heather, over to you. 
Thanks, Asha. Yeah, this week's hot listing is perfect for first-time home buyers or anyone looking to downsize. This home is a gorgeous, fully renovated two-bedroom bungalow on a private tree-filled lot. This home has soaring vaulted ceilings throughout the main floor, giving you that open feel from both the kitchen and the living room. The finishes throughout are absolutely stunning. You've got a bright white kitchen with stainless steel appliances, granite countertops, and a large center island. The living room has a sleek stone gas fireplace that extends all the way to the ceiling, and the basement is completely finished with a walkout to the fully fenced backyard. This home is like a private retreat in the woods. And speaking of private retreat, tell us about the lot size. That's right. So the lot is 110 by 120, and like I said, it's fully treed. It's very private. You can't see your neighbors. It's beautiful. And this is in Sutton. Now, Heather, for $525,000, this home is up against condo pricing, and what a great value for what people are going to be getting for you know under $600,000 and be freehold, no condo fees, no maintenance fees, and you've got your huge yard to do whatever you want in. Exactly, and on top of that, the place, like I said, has been completely renovated. When you see it, it's bright, it's open, it looks spacious, it looks bigger than it really is, really. it's They've done a fantastic job. They really have, and if people want more information, where can they find it? Okay, so the, the property is located at 70 Queen Street in Georgina, the list price, as Asif mentioned, is $525,000. And for more information, they can contact Steve Fleming at 905-478-1101. That's terrific. Thanks, Heather. And Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.